Welcome to Mediocre News, episode number three, where we talk about the top news stories of the week and sprinkle in interesting facts and trivia that you can use at your office or with your friends for social currency. We have a great show lined up for you today where we talk about the Oscars. How could that screw up have happened? Uber in the news, what a sexist nightmare. The Snapchat IPO, National Calendar Day. Did you know that National Kick Butt Day is coming up? And our pick of the week. Hope you enjoy. Right, to kick it off, we're going to talk about the Oscars. So, first off, I am not a fan of these type <laughs> of events or things at all. I think it's they're totally lame and a total waste of time. That being said is... This was amazing. How could this have happened? <laughs> it's not that hard. Oh my gosh. Like, they had to know. So, for those of you who do not know, for the best feature... It was announced incorrectly. They announced, Faye Dunaway announced that La La Land had won when it had not. It was Moonlight that won. And, and people are getting up on stage. They're and, up on stage yeah. accepting their rewards. And it was just like, what the hell? Oh my gosh. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. And so so you saw when they first opened the card, but they looked into it. It didn't look right. You can kind of like, is there something else in here? And then instead of doing what every normal rational person would have said, is like, hey, time out. Yeah. This isn't what I was told to read. Yes, exactly. It's like they had to know what the winner was. And then when they saw a different movie on it, like, what? What? Do you think it's like maybe that like actors, you know, they just have to read lines. And so they're like, they're getting a piece of paper and it says, you know. Yeah, best you know, best actress award, and then they just read it. I have no clue, but I mean, shocking, shocking. How awful would that be if you were in the crew of La La Land, you accepted your Oscar, and then, you know, less than two minutes later, it comes to light that actually no, you did not win. You have to give your Oscar over and like slink off skate stage. I mean, it's. Well, yeah, Steve Harvey did this with the... Miss America pageant. Yeah. Mm. Hard to watch. But, so we researched how on earth did this happen. And it was due to the PwC accountants who were responsible for counting the votes. And what did you find out, Matt? Well, so they said that, you know, it was their error and they took responsibility. It's very nice of them to do that. But, um, you know... So I was at the gym this morning, and I saw this guy getting interviewed, and so I went ahead and like looked him up. And really what it turns out was is that this guy, and you'll see it in the show notes, um, this guy, or, or his company, has made the Oscar envelopes <laughs> for like the last, like I don't know, six, eight years, something like that. And he makes them very with a lot of intelligence behind it he knows there's a lot of lights mm-hmm. and it has to kind of shine up on stage but you don't want to have it like just be blinged out then you can't read it and so um if you go to his website which links in the show notes it shows what the previous years look like and it's kind of retard proof <laughs> it says like best actress 
best film. So for those of you who do not know, um, what I guess had happened was they were handed the card for best actress, which went to Emma Stone in La La Land. And there were two envelopes, I guess. I mean, this seems bizarre to me. How are there two envelopes? It seems like this is such a high stakes thing. Like there should be one envelope for each winner. But there were two envelopes and somehow the wrong duplicate envelope ended up on stage and it said best actress Emma Stone in La La Land, but it should have been Moonlight best film. So picture. if you look at these these envelopes, right on the front, it says best actor, best actress, or motion, you know, best motion picture. It says exactly what it's for. And then if you turn it over to the other side, it says the exact same thing. <laughs> the exact same thing. And when you open it up, it says it again. I mean, you can't screw this up if you tried. You know. So why did they do away with that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think he was kind of on a PR stint of saying... He's probably heard that they didn't pick him this year. To do the envelopes again? So this is the envelope manufacturer? Yeah, or so, what so is you can his... see it's these gold ones right here. So they, they have the, the red seal that's on the back. Mm-hmm. And it says exactly on the back exactly what it is. So they're gold. The lights hit it. It pops. It looks, you know, um, you know, very shiny. It looks great. It's got the whole tinsel of Hollywood on it. And then but the nice matte finish of exactly where the labels go. You know, you can read it under intense light. I mean, a lot of science and thought went into this. And they didn't go with them. And they paid the price. I mean. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe they were just trying to, like, have their way and see if the Oscar committee would correct them. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's horrible. Very awkward. And what a high stakes award for this to have happened on. I mean, wouldn't you think they'd have one person whose job it is? Yes, to, to, like, to check sure the, the envelope. Yes, I, I would think that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, like, there's a guy that follows around the president that has, you know, the football, that has the national security codes, and that's all his job is to do. At the Oscars, there's a guy or a woman who, and it's their only job is to hand out... The correct envelope. How hard is this? One would think, one would think, but... Anyway, I mean, it happened. It was sad and weird, but... It gives me even less faith in the movie industry. I didn't watch these movies anyways. I heard they're all terrible. But so do they fix it for next year? Are they going with a different envelope manufacturer? We don't know. Who knows? I mean, it just happened, so they have plenty of time to recover from it. But I mean, it's top five worst disasters in television history. Really bad. Really. But I think that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, so La La Land gets up there and they didn't win. I mean, I mean, it, you know. It's horrible. It's just sad. It's sad for all the actors and the crew members. Should they get like a little so smaller excited. trophy? Like like, <laughs> like a mini Oscar? No. Yeah. No. No. Because that's what it's about. You know, you win the prize. Didn't. But anyway, I mean. Yeah. I think that they should be punished because they... Dash the dreams. I mean, you said you won. They yeah, get up that's there. Really messed up. I mean, I mean, as lame as it is, I mean, that's the pinnacle of yeah. making a movie. You get you announced that you won. You have all the adrenaline. You know. They were making their speeches. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it's bad. Bad. Disaster. All right. Um, and sad. I can feel for those people. So next year, we really hope that they go with somebody who can learn how to make an envelope that clearly dictates what it is. Yep. And any other thing you want to wrap up on that before we go to the next one? Right, so the next thing in the news is Uber. Okay, so the Uber man. So literally. So I stopped using <laughs> Uber probably. Um, let's see, that was when I was in I was in Austin. Mm-hmm. So that was December. So I'm yeah. So that was December of last year. I stopped using Uber, and that's because when you use Uber. Uh, you can't change your location once you've called an Uber. So mm-hmm. if it changes your GPS location outside of where you originally were, now you're just stuck and you have to handle that awkward communication with the driver. And it's a pain, especially when I was in an airport, it was a disaster. So with Lyft, you can change where your location's at. I like that. Uber pissed me and off. Lyft, I'm done. Lyft is cheaper, typically. Yeah, it's usually typically... Um, I've, I've had the sketchiest drivers with Lyft. Really? Yeah. You know. Well, get what you pay for. But what's interesting with Uber in the news <laughs> <laughs> is they have all of these new sexual harassment HR nightmare claims that are coming out. 6% of their workforce is women. Um, it's kind of a boys' network is what's coming out. And... Their female engineers have... I think it's actually lower than that. I think it was 6% when she was talking about when she was switching divisions. I think it's actually like closer to 2 or 3%. Wow. And how many... What, what's the size of the organization? I think what, what I saw here in this blog post was about 120 engineers. So I don't know how wow. many total employees. I mean, it's probably 500 plus employees if that's just the engineering yeah. side. Yeah. And that's not including drivers. But um, do you want to... Give a little color to what well, we're talking about. I think the best way would be is if you read this passage from this Uber employee's blog post. So there have been a few things in the news that have come out about Uber and why they have such a low percentage of employees that are women. Um, this is the blog post from an engineer who had left um, due to sexual harassment, which several ex-employees have reported um she says after the first couple weeks of training i chose to join the team that worked in my area of expertise and this is where things started getting weird on my first official day rotating on the team my new manager sent me a string of messages over the company chat he was in an open relationship he said he and his girlfriend had an open relationship. His girlfriend was having an easy time finding new partners, but he was not. He was trying to stay out of trouble at work, he said, but he wouldn't, couldn't couldn't help getting in trouble because he was looking for women to have sex with. It was clear that he was trying to get her to have sex with him, and it was clearly out of line, so she immediately took screenshots and reported those messages to HR. Long story short, her reportings to HR and trying to escalate the claims went nowhere. She was forced to either stay on that team, find another team outside of her expertise or leave. And eventually she left. And um, the company is coming under fire for these practices because it is kind of a boys network. Those 
managers were doing so well with their team or with sales that they were kind of sacred cows and weren't going to be let go by upper management. Well, the excuse that HR gave was, well, you know, we can't fire somebody, you know, for something that was probably an accident or they didn't really mean to do it or understand the consequences. So it's a first offense. We don't ever fire anybody for a first offense. We've handled it on HR side. But it's six women in the entire engineering team. team. So they kind of get together and they realize they've all had problems or a significant number had problems with this guy. And so, and they all heard the same thing. Well, it's a first issue. We can't do that. And it, I mean, that's a problem. So you're talking about a company who already has enough problems because you have drivers that um, mm-hmm. potentially can sexually harass you know, women who maybe drink too much and trying to get home instead of drive their own cars, which is... But to have that internally is very scary. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, there's so many, so many interesting and innovative things happening in Silicon Valley and, and in L.A., with Uber and other technology startups, but it's shocking to me how these um, biases and really unacceptable HR situations continue to happen and be accepted because of performance. It's I not mean, okay. I mean, you'd have to imagine that it, it it's a systemic issue. I mean, yeah. it goes all up to the top. I mean, it, it's a it's it's ingrained now in how they operate. And the other thing that just came up recently, too, was, uh, I don't, we don't have this in the show notes, but um, that they said, oh, a self-driving car ran a, a red light and that it was actually under the, op- the operator's control. The operator took control and ran the red light. And it was a user error and that the self-driving capabilities that they're developing are perfect. Hmm. <laughs> they lied. Oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. So, you know, and then then, um, the jackets, you know, the engineering Um, team is all going to get jackets. They're all men. They got a bulk discount. And because they couldn't get a bulk discount on women's jackets, you just didn't get one if you're a woman. So this is an employee sweatshirt jacket thing. I I don't even know how this became public news, but it did because the, obviously it's, it's an issue with Uber um, but they had purchased all of their employees like a jacket. And since they only had a very small amount of women, the women weren't even offered to have a jacket because they couldn't get enough the at the discount, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. I mean, I, it just seems illegal. It's amazing to me that it's not, but I yeah, don't know. Yeah, so I mean, you know, so Uber is now a publicly traded company. They've gone IPO. You know, uh, hopefully they hire a better HR department. I they're, mean, they're definitely leading the segment between Uber and Lyft. I yes. mean, Uber is was the first market, and they're they're still you know the name. I, mean, I still talk to people, and they're like, "What's Lyft?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, is Uber headed to disaster with this? I don't think so. I think it's repairable, but. If we're talking about it, other people are talking about it, and it's a little bit frightening. I mean, I, I managed to come with people, and I mean, if you did that, what would happen in your small company? Well, well, let me let me let me flip it back to you know, if I was running Uber and this was mm-hmm. happening at this level, first off, HR is wiped out. Everybody that had a, uh, an issue that is to our employee handbook, it was a fireable offense, is wiped out. 
and you send a strong message, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, where does your money come from? It comes from customers that use your service. Now here's the thing. If your manager is messaging you over instant message that they want to have a threesome with you and their wife, that's just unacceptable. I believe Particularly, it wasn't a threesome. I think it was just a one-on-one thing. I don't know. Whatever. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And, you know, as a woman in the workforce, I would feel extremely uncomfortable and I would leave if... Someone was messaging me that in any capacity. It's, it's not acceptable. Yes. But not to be a prude, but I mean, that's what it is. That's not what you want when you get to work. I don't think that's being a prude. I mean, that's, I mean, work is work. It's supposed to be kind of a non-sexual situation. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, uh, I hate to use the phrase, but working at Uber is a sexually charged, <laughs> you know, environment. <laughs> I don't know why. Ranging rides. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, probably it's a younger, uh, it's a younger demographic. You know, it's it's white male young coders, and there's no oversight. There's no oversight. It's, I mean, you know, I think this is this is a, the worst. Here's why I feel bad: is they're gonna have a slap on the rest over the whole thing. Yeah. And, I mean, there's people that have left the company, good, talented people that mm-hmm. could have made the service better for you and me, mm-hmm. and they're gone. And, and and I think it's interesting. I mean, probably services like what I'm complaining about, how I can't change my location using the that app. That could have probably been improved by the six female coders that have left the company. The well, only six because it was... It was originally 25. It was originally 25% of the, of, of, the work, of the engineering workforce was women when this woman... Uh, uh, Susan Fowler began. Hmm. It's sad. All right. Do we have anything else to say on this one? We're ready to move to the next one here. We're ready to move to the next one. Yeah. So I recommend it. They've had they've had to delete the Uber app day. You know, I don't necessarily think that you should punish the people that are driving to like make a buck with it, but I think you should definitely think twice about using the Uber app. Mm-hmm. Because there are because a lot of the drivers drive for both Lyft and for mm-hmm. Uber, and nobody wants a work environment, and nobody should support a company that does that. I totally agree. I mean, I think companies need to be supportive and working with women. And you know, I'm I'm a woman who has work, and I don't want that crap when I go to work. I don't I don't want my manager being like, "Oh, let's have a threesome with me and my wife." And not that everybody at Uber is doing that, but. Well, there is a funny story that I heard about with Uber. So with Uber now, you can do those drives where you can drive and you can share the route. So if you're like having a drop-off that's at a similar location, you get a couple bucks off your ride and you, you know, take on additional drivers. So here's the story. So you know, guy, businessman, you know, calls an Uber, does the rideshare thing, gets in the front seat. You know, he's on a you know, business call. He's on a cell phone. He gets off the phone. You know, he's talking to the Uber driver, back on the phone. You know, then they, then they pick up the next people, and it's a couple, and and you know, young couple. They get in the car, and um, you know, he's he's you know back on the phone, and um, you know, and, and, and becomes a little uncomfortable there because the couple in the back seat you know, are making out, and so so yeah, so they're making out, and and it's nothing, you know, too crazy, you know, but I mean they're just they're they're making out in the back seat. 
And, you know, he gets off and he's talking to the Uber driver. And it's awkward for everybody involved in that they're making out. And, um, you know, he either, like, tickled her or, you know, something. But she just let out this kind of little giggle. And the businessman in the front of the seat's eyebrows shot up. And he turned around and said, Megan! And that was his girlfriend. And Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and th- there's two parts to the story. One is, is that he did not know, obviously, that his girlfriend was cheating on him. And the other part was, is that the guy didn't know that she had a boyfriend. Mm. So, I know, it had to have been a very small town. You can only think, but... I did hear that Who story. Knows? Wanted to share that. I thought that'd be interesting. One to pass on. <laughs> All right. So the next story we want to cover is the Snapchat IPO. So Snapchat, the app that allows you to take a picture and it deletes in what? How long? A day or a story. So that's really the main thing with Snapchat. So you can do videos, share them with your friends, and it deletes within the day. So they're going to do initial public offering, and they're valuing the company. I think they're trying to raise um, about what, four to eight million dollars. I think it's unclear exactly what they're trying to do, but I mean, the company's right now is worth um, on paper or or valuation, investment valuation about eighteen billion dollars. It's insane. So my question is, do you buy the stock? <laughs> right, because if you were a fan of Snapchat and you used it all the time, and you said, "Okay, this is a great thing," and I can see how I spend money on it, and then I know how other people spend money I, on it. People don't spend money on it; they just share, and they're using it. So, but, but they are getting ad revenue. Are they? I I don't really use Snapchat, so I don't know. Yeah, so the, the, they are getting ad revenue. So, like the Oscars. So, J, so Jimmy Kimball was having like a did a Snapchat. Snapchat or a story. So what they do is a story, but Instagram does that now too. So no, I do not think it is worth sixteen, eighteen billion dollars. That's crazy. I would not invest in that. So my question is twofold: is is this too like geared towards the teenage demographic and not normal people, so they don't get enough users to be a twenty billion dollar company? Or, and, or, are they just a one-trick pony? They, it's a picture that goes away, or it's a story that everyone, you know, and everyone can offer stories. Well, here's the thing that's kind of interesting of, like, you know, Facebook, they're so valuable because they have everybody on there. They have everybody's information, everybody's looking at it. Same with Instagram. I mean, they've, I'm on Instagram, I'm looking at my friends, companies. Which is Facebook. Instagram is owned yes. by Facebook. yes. Um, you know, companies, individuals that I'm interested in following. And and so I think that's the value of Snapchat, of so many people in high school, college. I don't know beyond that. It's more of like a single people thing, but are sharing on there and looking on there. So the big thing is that before this show, you didn't even know existed, was the Snapchat glasses. Crazy. So the Snapchat glasses, you know, because if Rachel doesn't know this existed before, tons of people probably don't know it, it didn't exist before. 
are glasses, and you can only get these glasses. There's like a vending machine, and they, they either announce or will not announce when it's going to be up, and then you have to show up at that time and pay, I think it's about a couple hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and you get these glasses, and these glasses pair with your phone via Bluetooth or whatever it is. Yeah, probably Bluetooth, and you can then post directly to Snapchat via your glasses, and they're kind of these 80s you know, kind of retro, funky, weird glasses. I mean, you definitely look weird wearing them. That's interesting, though, because it's like, you know, it's a status symbol of, oh, I have these cool glasses. It's $130 smart sunglasses that you put them on and you can videotape what's going on in your life. Well, I mean, that, you know. And share. Yeah, I mean, Google Glasses did this and failed miserably. Well, they have, a, you know, naked people modeling their sunglasses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, nobody does. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell if they're actually naked because you just see them from the shoulders naked. up. But I think everyone does actually look like they're naked. When you do a Google image search for Snapchat glasses or Everybody spectacles, is as they call them, everyone actually kind of, that's a good point. I didn't really realize that I before. think they'll be more successful. <laughs> for that reason alone. So and, and on Instagram, I mean they're going for two hundred eBay. To, or, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, Instagram. So yeah, eBay they're going for, for about two hundred bucks. Um, glasses have gone for a thousand dollars. Wow. On there before. So it's it's kind of out of control. It looks like it's tapered back a little bit, but um you know, I mean how are ways that Snapchat could expand so it would be Everyone could snap. I don't know. I mean, I think that's kind of the genius of Facebook. Of your parents aren't on it <laughs> when it became huge. So I don't know if Snapchat really wants to expand, or they just want to expand their audience of young millennials and famous people and celebrities and sell to those. But that will limit their overall potential. So, I mean, right now, so for a company that, that thinks that they're worth $18 billion. Well, I guess this question of what do they want to do? What's the goal of Snapchat? Well, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not saying. They're not, they want to go public. They want to, yeah. For what? <laughs> to do what? <laughs> to make a bunch of money overnight. For what? But that, like, I mean, a, to make a bunch of money, you have to sell a bunch of stuff. Right? Yeah. Stocks. They're selling a bunch of stocks. But like, but who's buying what they're selling? I mean, people are buying stocks, but like, where's the revenue stream? <laughs> well, is, and I'm glad you said it. So they have a user base that's tapered off. So they were growing between 10 to 20 million users a quarter. The last couple quarters, they've only grown about 3 million users a quarter. Which brings them to a total of 158 million users. So that's a lot of people. It is, but when you talk about the lines of like you know Facebook, that's got over a billion users, mm-hmm. right? We're checking it daily. I mean, that's I mean, you're talking 16 percent. So um, you talk about total volume. They've only done 404 million dollars in revenue, and they've lost, but but. Over five hundred million dollars in revenue. So, so the, they are increasing how much money they're making, but they're increasing how much money they're losing. So their costs are going up exponentially. Hmm. I don't think this is a stock that you should buy. No. And I don't buy 
socks. So, <laughs> so we don't really know. So take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> That's true. But I, I think it's ridiculous. I think Snapchat's ridiculous. I think I the only chance that I see for Snapchat is that if Snapchat becomes the lens. And so instead of yes. taking a picture, you take a you snap. Snapchat. And so it starts with the glasses, and it maybe it starts with the camera system that has the intellect, the, the intellect built into it. And so you have, you know, the Snapchat camera inside the phone mm-hmm. or inside different things, and maybe your refrigerator. That's how you take a picture of yourself every day that you mm-hmm. snap, right? Uh-huh. And so that's a great idea. That's a terrible idea. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, I look awful when I'm opening the refrigerator. Well, okay, but you... some people look great. So, and, and would love to share how amazingly great they look. I think that's where I see Snapchat is, is it being the lens or being the camera company, being the new Kodak, being the new... Hmm. Whatever, and so everyone would license their technology because they have all the filters, the funny filters, and have all that stuff built in. Yeah. And, and so you wouldn't have to worry about all those different things. It's all built in. All right. So, next step. Next step is don't buy their stock. <laughs> okay. Next topic is National Calendar Day. So this is going to go really fast because this is completely useless information that you will love. Love. So. Did you know what day it is on March 3rd? No. What? It's a, I want you to be happy day. Well, I want you to be happy too. These are actual, like, nationally Holidays. recognized days. Who gets these approved? I don't know. It, but it I like them. I mean, and this is something you can tell your coworkers. About. So, March 3rd, National I Want You to Be Happy Day. March 9th, National Get Over It. March 13th, National Open an Umbrella Indoors Day. That's an interesting one because I heard that's bad luck. I think it's bad luck. I think don't do it. If I were you, I would not do that. <laughs> not do that. Okay. March 16th, National Everything You Do is a Right Day. Oh, baby. I'll take you up on that day. <laughs> I feel like March 16th is like every day for me. For me or for you? For yeah. me. For me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to what's the 15th? March 15th, which is actually before March 16th. National Kick Butt Day. That's my favorite day of the month. But so this is actually a national holiday. National Kick Butt Day, March 15th. Tell your coworkers, tell your friends, tell your family, National Kick Butt Day. Yeah, so I'm going to kick butt that day. Link for this is in the show notes, but if you go to national calendar, uh, sorry, nationaldaycalendar.com and you will you can punch in a month and you'll see all the different things and uh, yeah, it's astonishing. And these are approved. I mean, it's bizarre. So actually um, the National Kick Butts Day is about to stop smoking. <laughs> but you don't have to tell anybody that, right? So don't tell them about the URL. Don't tell them, and just go around kicking everyone in the butt. Yeah, that's funny. All right, so kick butts. <laughs> all right, so let's wrap it up. So, do you want to go first with the pick of your pick of the week, or do you want me? I will go first. Okay. okay. So my pick of the week is homemade pasta. So. We love to cook, and Matt made some fresh homemade pasta for Valentine's Day, and it was amazing. And 
we got this $30 pasta maker from Amazon that we have since tried to use. But you can just roll it out with a rolling pin and then cut it with a knife. It's not that hard. And homemade pasta is amazing. So you just you just whisk three eggs and two cups of flour and a tablespoon of olive oil and you can make your own pasta dough. It's super easy, super delicious. This is my pick of the week. I won't go back. Homemade pasta, mind blown. Yeah, so I bought the Huey Gia Wellness 150 Pasta Maker Machine. So it's stainless steel. It rolls out the pasta on one side. You flip it over to cut it on the other. And to add to Rachel's point with this, you know, normally when you have pasta, it's either the protein that gets added or the sauce is the the biggest element of the dish mm-hmm. with homemade pasta. It's the pasta. It's insane. It is so good. Try it. Try yeah. it once. Yes. It's amazing. And no, I don't think you can sous vide it because we've already done the sous vide. No. It's a pick of week. And, and we're not sponsored. This is just... <laughs> We're definitely not sponsored. <laughs> but it's so, so good. So my pick of the week is a very famous, or, or, or actually not famous because you can't, it's hard to get. Oh, yes. Is Pliny the Elder IPA. Bang in. It's actually a double IPA. It's amazing. And it's from Russian River Brewery, which is up in Santa Rosa. Uh-huh. And so... On Sunday, Rachel and I, we were already up in the Bay Area. We were in Walnut Creek and with uh, your sister's boyfriend, Justin. We had an unbelievable day. We drove to Santa Rosa and we checked out Russian River. Oh my gosh. $3.75 for a pint of Pliny the Elder, which is the best IPA you can find. I mean, it is amazing. Very peanutty, very rich, very delicious. It's won lots of competitions. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing beer. Whose pick of the week is this? Yours. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to get a second to your pick of the week. (laughs) So it was kind of neat being up there. I I totally recommend doing it because they don't run out of Pliny the Elder because I've had Pliny the Elder at a couple of places before and I didn't you know it's going to be there. And, and it runs the, out. And it runs out. And that's, I mean, they had a, a keg or two kegs and it's gone and, and that's it. And so at Russian River, it doesn't run out. And everyone had a taster of everything there. I saw it going at almost every single table. And most of their beers I thought were okay at best, except for Pliny. And they had Pliny the Younger that we just missed. So this is a triple IPA that they only serve for two weekends. The first two weekends of February. Um, and so we were talking to the bouncer guy and he was saying people wait in line for two to 10, 12 hours for this beer. It's sick. So well, we don't have been tasting it. We don't know, so we know, but we would assume it's sick based on yeah, Pliny the Elder. My take is, at the end of the day, it is just beer, and it's got to be pretty amazing. It's got to be a pretty amazing beer. But am I standing in line ten hours to, to taste it? I probably, Why not? I'm probably not. I'm probably, I would. Eh, I'm probably not. I mean, there's a lot of beers that that are that are almost as good as Pliny the Elder. But Pliny the Elder, you don't need to wait. For 10 hours. It's Pliny the Younger. You have to wait. Yeah. Pliny the Elder, you can't get it anywhere unless you go to the brewery and then you don't have to wait. Yes. So so my pick of the week is the Santa Rosa Brewery Russian River. 
and go there and enjoy Pliny the Elder. Thank you for listening. That's the end of our podcast. This was episode number three of Mediocre News. And we hope you have an amazing week. Thanks for listening.